thingy, take one. Two. Hello friends, and welcome back to Mixology, the show where we discuss and analyse mono and stereo differences on classic albums from the 60s, and try and really come to the conclusion which is preferable and which is truly as intended. Today we're going to be taking a look at the 1968 classic by the Zombies, Odyssey and Oracle, an album recorded at Abbey Road Studios in the second half of 1967 and truly belongs there to stand between albums such as Magical Mystery Tour and Butterfly by the Hollies. Now, what's really interesting is that this album was originally delivered to the label CBS in mono only, but they sent the Zombies back to the studio to remix it on their own time and money in stereo. I mean, the mono mix was the only way the band originally intended it to be released. However, since its original release in 1968, it's never been issued in mono ever since, except for a couple of small instances. The first of these is a CD released in the 90s on the Big Beat label, which contained a mono and a stereo version of the album. Interestingly though, this mono version is not completely accurate to the original source material, implying either some mono remixes or some alternate mix downs. I'm going with the former, but I haven't analysed which ones are specifically correct on there just yet. I'm personally going with the former, but what you really need is the Repertoire Mono LP release from a few years ago. This one, compared to a needle drop of the original 1968 UK Mono Press, is identical in sound and in mixes. And it's what I'm using as a reference today compared with, say, a needle drop of a 1968 UK Mono copy. As for the stereo mix, there's only ever been one stereo mix. And there's a couple of exceptions to that that do slip through. There have been the odd remix of a couple of tracks issued as bonus tracks and kind of EP bonuses on 7-inch singles only. There's also the matter of This Will Be Our Year, originally only mixed in mono and then fake stereo due to a horn overdub in the mono mixdown in 1967, but for all stereo issues since about ooh, probably the late 90s maybe, there's a remix of the track which we'll be using as the stereo basis here because there's no point comparing mono and fake stereo. But first, let's kick things off with the great, great opening track, and that is Care of Cell 44. Let's take a little listen, shall we? This track really serves up some interesting differences for debate between the two mixes, as the stereo technically is much better, but the balance does feel a bit more concise and to the point in mono, especially as Colin's lead vocal is panned off to one side in stereo. However, for specific differences, we'll start during the first verse. As I said, the backing track is centrally panned and Colin is panned off to the right. In mono, his voice is basically bone dry, but in stereo, there's a reverb panned off to the left. Let's take a little listen, shall we? Starting with the dry mono and moving to the wet stereo. In 
into stereo. Big advantages to this track in stereo is the greater dynamic range offered, as the mono generally is compressed more, not necessarily in a disadvantageous way for the music most of the time, but in the shifts between verses and chorus. Here the chorus has a massive stack of vocals compared to the verse and really elevates the song. In mono it still jumps out but nowhere near as much in stereo where it's really a delight for the ears. I'll play you it in mono first and then level match the verse and play it again in stereo where the chorus will really jump out to you, maybe a little more than you're expecting. And again in stereo. During this bridge section, the vocals are wetter in mono, but the mellotron is louder in stereo. I'll start it in mono with the wetter vocals and the quieter mellotron, and then move that over to the stereo where the vocals become drier and the mellotron becomes louder. Stereo. Now for this last verse immediately afterwards, there's significant edit in mono, likely because this track was designated as the lead single on the album, not time of the season as you may expect. In mono this was then applied to the album master as well unfortunately, which does create a real dilemma as the stereo really feels far more complete and there's some great great sections missing in the mono but it's a more concise single track making it a little more thought through I suppose. Doesn't mean the edits are smooth to listen to though. Here's how that last verse runs in stereo. I'll play you it coming off the bridge, I'll play you the first half of it and then into the come up to fetch you section. I'll then play it again in mono where it goes straight from the bridge into the come up to fetch you section which creates quite a jarring edit especially with where the cowbell comes in. We'll then be looking at some more edits after that. So first the complete stereo and then the edited mono. for the mono. Now the editing on the outro section, which is almost more catastrophic than it is on the verse, is quite hard to explain, but I'll have to play it to you as I usually do. The stereo starts with a feel so good section, an ah, a feel so good, a bum, bum section, an ah, a bum, and then a final ah right at the end. The mono horror just goes feel so good, bum, bum, and then the final ah right at the end. 
which is obviously significantly shorter. What I'll do is play the whole section in stereo so you can get a feel for this grandiose and magnificent ending and then play it again in mono where it's significantly cut down and really makes this mix a bit of a tragedy in a way. Again, in the really short mono. track two on the album, A Rose for Emily, the track is far starker than Care of Cell 44, mostly being comprised of Rod Argent's piano work and Colin Bluntstone's wonderful vocals. Once again, the track is wetter in stereo to fill out the sort of stereo field compared to the mono. The piano is definitely more ambiently stereofied, if that makes sense. So if you listen to mono and then the stereo, there's suddenly more reverb around you than anything. And there's a similar amount on the vocal, but not quite as much. The mono, on the other hand, is pretty bone dry. What I'll do is start you with the mono and then move into the wetter stereo. Her roses are fading now. She keeps her pride somehow. That's all she has protecting her from Stereo. And as the years go by, she will grow old and die. The roses in her garden fade away. Not one left for her grave. Not a rose for Emily. The finale of this track in stereo also adds a little bit of a creative use of reverb, where in mono it remains dry. What I'll do is I'll play the mono first and I'll play the stereo where the reverb gets amped up at the end to make it sound like it's drifting off into space. And again in stereo. Moving on to track three, we get the first of two very interestingly produced stereo mixes on this album. The track in question is maybe after he's gone, and we'll start right at the beginning where the balance is very different in stereo compared to mono. 
the acoustic guitar panned off to the left is far louder in stereo when compared with the kind of warbled electric guitar line in the middle. In mono, that is more to the fore and makes the track sound like it's kind of warbling around and is almost a bit confused. And while it's not that different in a way, it just creates a very different vibe to the start of the track. Here it is in stereo and then I'll move to the mono. Mono. As we move into the verse, the stereo is once again wetter. We'll start with the dry mono and move to the wet stereo. Rain, rain, the stereo. To when he came. As we get into the chorus, we get some very strange processing going on. The piano, which is almost absent in the mono mix, is panned off to the left in stereo and is significantly louder than basically anything else in the track. However, the main track in the background, so the channel on the mixing desk that would have the band performance on if you like, seems to be fake stereo with the highs panned off to the left and the low end panned off to the right to create more of a stereo field image, but one that kind of modifies the track as I was trying to break it down. The mono has more bass as well and the lead vocal is also louder there when compared to the stereo and that's probably due to a bit of an EQ mix up with the fake stereification of the backing track. All this combined we're also going to be taking a look at the slightly increased backing vocals in the stereo. So we'll start with the stereo with the re-EQ'd backing track, the louder piano and backing vocals and softer Colin vocal and then we'll move to the mono where the piano and backing vocals are much lower in the mix, there's more bass and the lead vocal is also more dominant. second verse there's a very ambient drum fill that's been overdubbed and it's got a lot of reverb in both mixes but more so in the stereo. Here's one in mono and I'll play it again in stereo where it's just that bit bigger and wetter. Stereo. As we move on to track 4, the wonderful Beechwood Park, we don't truly get a difference until we hit the chorus where the backing vocals are louder in stereo. Let's start with the mono and then move to the louder backing vocal, stereo. Stereo. As we hit the bridge, all the vocals are louder in stereo. Let's start with the mono and then move to the stereo. And finally, right at the end, due to some slight differences in the nature of the balance of the track, there is more organ and bass on that final note in mono. I'll play it first in stereo and then play it again in mono where it hangs on that bit longer. Mono. Track 
track five, Brief Candles, again has that stereo reverb effect. Here it is in mono, and then I'll move to the stereo. Again, like Care of Cell 44, the chorus is far more dynamic in stereo compared with mono. Here it is in mono, and then I'll follow it up with the level match stereo so you can hear how much louder that chorus is when it hits. And again, in stereo. of this track really provides quite a stark difference between the two. The final chorus has this weird psychedelic right at the end and then the track fades in two very different ways. Because the track is dry in mono the piano kind of fades into the distance but while kind of still sitting in the same room. In stereo the reverb really grows with the track and gives it a slightly creepier and darker vibe. What I'll do is I'll play that in both mono and stereo first, and then I'll play you the whole outro in mono and then stereo. So, mono ooh first. And again, in stereo. And now, outro in mono. And again in stereo. As we hit the final track on side one, the gorgeous Hung Up On A Dream, we get a far wetter track in stereo. That piano and lead vocal at the beginning really is a stark contrast to the mono. Here's the dry mono and we'll move into the wet stereo. Well, I remember yesterday, just drifting slowly through a crowded street. Stereo. At 1 minute 16, before Rod Argent's panned vocals come in, there's an additional buzz that builds up on the track in stereo and then a breath-like sound in the left channel. This is likely due to compression on the vocal channels in stereo and it not being muted at this point during the mix where it seems to be in mono. What I'll do is I'll play the section stereo first where you'll hear the buzz come up and then the breath-like sound in the left channel and then I'll play it again in mono where you won't be able to identify any of these sounds in the mix. Mono. 
At 2 minutes 28, the piano is much louder in stereo than it is in mono, but then the mono increases to match this, kind of like it's being faded up in the mix gradually rather than immediately. Here that section is in stereo where it hits right away, and then again in mono where you'll hear it come up slightly as opposed to being right in your face immediately. And again in mono. Now, Changes is quite the beast when it comes to mix differences in this album, and it starts right at the beginning. The stereo hasn't been cut perfectly right at the beginning, and begins with a little bit of a breath when compared with the mono. Here's that very beginning of the track, in stereo first with a little bit of a breath before it hits, and then the mono where this is absent. Mono. Now, the intro is two separate Mellotron tracks being played and mixed gradually differently throughout. In stereo, the more attack-heavy Mellotron is mixed louder as it goes along, whereas in mono, this is mixed further down. There's also a little bit of a dropout in stereo in the left channel as it comes more to its conclusion, and then the pause before the track comes in is longer in stereo. What I'll do is I'll play you this section in mono first, so you can get a sense of how these two Mellotrons are balanced and where the track then comes in afterwards. And I'll play it again in stereo, where you can feel the balance is different and moves differently. Where there's a little drop out on the left channel if you're listening on headphones, and then the longer pause before the main track comes in. So, mono first, then stereo. Again, in stereo. The bongo track that's panned off to the right is louder in stereo than it is in mono. This is quite a significant and simple difference. Here's the track in mono, and then again in stereo with the louder bongos. I knew how when was stereo. Brown, and sad, how brown her eyes. In the verses, there's this wonderful plinky plink piano, and once again, it's much wetter in stereo. Here it is in mono, and then we'll move to the stereo. Buttoned down close, buttoned up high. Diamonds and stones Stereo from her hand. Isn't she smart? Isn't she There's a couple of moments in this track where there's obviously bits in the vocal track that are meant to be muted in both mixes but are only muted in the mono. If you listen really carefully at 1 minute and 3 seconds you can hear a bit of sort of saliva which is probably not what you want to listen out for but I suppose it gets you right in the studio with the zombies. Listen really closely at this moment here. Now, what I might call the bridge for the purpose of this, due to how it's mixed, is 
bit messy in stereo. This is due to the reverb and the delay on the piano being mixed louder than the piano itself, causing the track that comes after it in timing to not line up with the vocals at all. Some might see this as a slight psychedelic effect, but in mono everything lines up absolutely perfectly. What I'll do is I'll play you this in mono first where everything lines up wonderfully, and again in stereo where if you're listening too carefully, it's really going to throw you off. And again, in stereo. As we hit the outro, the Mellotron once again is balanced differently. Here's the outro in mono first and then again in stereo. Stereo. As we hit I Want Her, She Wants Me, we once again get this very strange re-cued track on the master where the band track, if you like, which has the whole group on it, it's the drums, bass, guitars, etc., which was played instrumentally and live in the studio to one mono track, has been re-cued with the highs on the left and the bass on the right. It's very clear to hear right off the bat, especially when you're comparing these two mixes. The harpsichord is then panned right and the lead vocal is panned about halfway to the left, which is louder in stereo. What I'll do is I'll play the track in mono first right up until where the vocals come in so you can get an idea of the balance for that. And then I'll play it again in stereo where you can really feel how this EQ difference really throws the track off and how the vocal is much louder as well. And again in stereo. I close my eyes and soon I'm feeling sleepy. There's a few points of backing vocals pretty buried in the mono mix compared to the stereo, but build up throughout the track. The I Want Her, She Wants Me at 52 seconds has the harmony line practically buried compared with the stereo. Here it is in stereo first and then again in mono. That I want her, she wants me. 
and again in mono. Twice in the track in mono, we get a shout of hey before the bridges kick in. Here's one of those bits in mono, and then again in stereo without this hey being shouted at all. And again in stereo. As we hit the outro of the track, there's a few differences in the way the vocals are mixed. There's a bar-bar backing vocal that starts in stereo earlier, and then there's the high bar in the outro, which is much louder and wetter in stereo, really filling the field and really dominating the track. I'll play that first in mono for you, so you can hear where the bars come in and where that high-pitched bar is mixed. And then again in stereo, where these elements really dominate the track. And again in stereo. As mentioned, This Will Be Our Year was only originally issued in mono and fake stereo, but today we're going to be taking a look at the 90s stereo remix of the track, as it's the only true stereo version of the track. And it's also notable as it's one of the biggest mono stereo differences on the album, because the mono mixdown had a horn overdub played, which is obviously absent in the stereo. However, first of all, it's worth noting the piano is louder in the stereo. Here's the track in mono and we'll crossfade into the stereo so you can get a sense of where that piano sits in the track. Stereo. Don't let go of my hand now the darkness has gone. This will be our year to belong And of course that horn overdub which is throughout the track once you hit a point. Here's a section of it in mono with the horn, and then we'll move to the rather empty sounding stereo. Stereo. As the track was remixed to stereo, this of course means we get a slightly longer fade at the tail as well. I'll start with the mono and cross fade to the stereo at the key moment. Stereo. Our last few tracks on the album really limit the amount of mono stereo differences going on due to the way the tracks were recorded and mixed. Butcher's Tale mostly being comprised of a pump organ cast into Abbey Road Studios and Chris White's rather stark lead vocal means there's not much room for differences to come in. However, 
the intro is a sound effect loop and as such this obviously brings in perfect conditions for a difference in stereo it fades up later than it does in mono but ultimately it cross fades into the main track at the same time what i'll do is i'll start you with the mono and then i'll move you to the stereo as it enters and let you know just so you can know how much is lopped off of the stereo into the stereo Now, a couple of times in the track, there's this very strange, high-pitched, whooshy part, which sounds kind of synthy, but that's obviously not what it is, given the date this was recorded. But in mono, this is drier and also goes for longer. What I'll do is I'll play the stereo and really pay attention to how wet it is, but where it kind of cuts off. I'll then play it again in mono and then pay attention again to how much drier it is, but how long it kind of hangs in the mix for as opposed to the stereo. This could be my ears playing a little bit of a frequency trick on me due to the nature of the sound, but I believe it's there longer in mono. Here it is in stereo first and then again in mono. again in mono I, and I can't stop shaking. My hands won't stop shaking. an interesting bonus difference is that the preacher's sermon is more reverb drenched in stereo giving it a more cathedral like feel here it is in the wet stereo followed by the dry mono Again in mono. Sermon go and fight to what is right, but he don't have to. Second to last track on the album and second single in the UK, Friends of Mine, is basically identical in its mixes. A fun little tidbit is that all the names being sung as backing vocals through the song were real couples they were friends with, but when I saw the zombies doing an interview at Made of Elf Studios in 2013, I believe, amusingly none of these couples were still together, which is to be expected I suppose, but it's still a little funny tidbit anyway, especially given the song is about how great these people's loves are. But as the track remains the same throughout the two mixes, there's one key little difference, and that is at the end, there's a little ah by Colin, which is a lovely little touch that I love so, so much. And in mono, it's mixed more distantly than it is in stereo. Here's the end of the track and the ah in stereo, and then again in mono, where it's a bit further back in the mix and a bit wetter as well. And again in mono. The final track on the album and the most well known to date is Time of the Season, a song that was a hit two years after it was recorded in 1969 in the States, but not really in the UK interestingly. Now the mixes are pretty close, but the response vocals in the second verse are slightly lower mixed in mono. Here it is in stereo and then I'll move to the lower mono. Mono. 
The second organ solo is actually two solos overdubbed together and playing in unison, but the way they start in mono and stereo is mixed very differently in a strange, strange way. They make a bit more sense playing mostly in unison throughout in mono, but in stereo there's a bit of a crossfade suddenly between the two tracks near the beginning before they're both faded up to a similar level. I'll play the start of it in stereo where you can feel that something strange is going on and I'll play it up until they both are mixed at the same level and then again in mono where you can feel how this is mixed differently. <laughs> stereo. And of course, to end the album, we get a longer fade in stereo, which is a nice little touch to have, I suppose. Not much longer, but just a little bit. Here's the outro in mono, and I'll crossfade to the stereo at the key moment. Stereo. And with that, we've come to the end of the wonderful, wonderful Odyssey and Oracle by the Zombies. Before doing this episode, I hadn't paid too much attention to the differences, and outside of the horns in This Will Be Our Year and the edits in Care of Cell 44, I hadn't noticed too much how different the two mixes are, but once you pay attention to the EQing of some of the tracks in stereo and the reverb applied in that mix, it really becomes apparent how different the two mixes are, and that they really sit very well in the way tracks were mixed at Abbey Road in that period. And for that, I really enjoyed exploring these two mixes. For the most part, the mono stuck out to me as the preferable mix, but having the edits in Care of Cell 44 is very sad, and a longer version on the album back then would have been a lovely, lovely touch to have. Obviously the horns in this will be our year are essential, so the mono mix remains essential there. And a number of the tracks are maybe better in mono, maybe better in stereo, but it's pretty negligible which way you go. So as far as I'm concerned, this album is great in whatever mix you choose. And if you're going stereo, be aware there is an alternate mix of Carousel 44 on the 50th anniversary edition, and maybe a couple of other ones as well, where the lead vocal has been centralized. So definitely check that out. But the original stereo is still the most dynamic in the chorus. So you win some, you lose some, I suppose. But all that's left to say is thank you so, so much for listening to this episode. Remember to go back and check some of the others if you haven't already. And if you wish to get in contact with the show, you can do so. But after all that, all that's left to say is thank you so, so much for listening. And whoever you are and wherever you are, have a great, great day. I was